Hello and welcome back to Diversity Be Like. It's Sequoia and I'm here with my guest, Brian Blackmore. Brian is the CEO of BK Credit Consultants, an organization that prides itself on helping people with even the worst credit scores restore their credit and start their journey towards the 800 Club. Welcome, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So Brian and I went to college together, undergrad. Mm -hmm. So I've known him for a very, very long time. And I'm super, super proud of where he is now and how he's helping people all over the world get from 300, <laughs> from 300 to 800. <laughs> Man, it's, it's rough. It's been rough. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave a very, very bare bones intro. Please tell us in your own words. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Okay, like I said, I'm, I'm Brian Blackmore. I'm the owner of BK Credit Consultants. I started BK Credit Consultants back in May of 2016, simply by accident, just kind of getting on Facebook and showing my score because my score was once really poor. So I had got my scores up over 800 and I was shocked myself. And I was kind of just kind of spreading the word on how I did it and how I went about building it up. And, you know, it went viral and people were like, hey, I've never seen credit like that before. And I'm yeah. like, it's possible. And it kind of went from there. And my advisor was like, uh, I think you may be on to something like you need to uh, start a business like and show people because I was giving it away to him. I didn't <laughs> know. So he's like, you know, you need to monetize that. You know, you have a knowledge. So use that to start a company and show them and actually do it for them. So right. I was like, Wow. And it just, kind of, it just took off from there. And I've been able to build this business. And I have over 2,000 clients. And it's just taken off at a, at a pace that I never saw coming. And that's really exciting. It's interesting because uh, we talked a little bit before in our communities and in minority communities in general, credit is one of those things that we aren't really taught. A lot of us kind of stumble into it and figure it out. And we just somehow hopefully don't ruin it too bad and get to where we want to be with it and get the things that we need to get from it. So it's really great that you were able to to bring it up and then have your lessons learned and be able to teach people that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, even with where we grew up, we were kind of built on survival. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have any money, matter of fact. So nobody was talking about credit. Nobody was saying, hey, this is how you build your credit. This is how you create wealth for yourself and you know start businesses etc because once nobody started businesses like we were literally like you know living you know, paycheck to paycheck my mom was and you know, nobody had time to be talking about stuff that really wasn't vital to our survival at the time we were living just to you know have enough money to eat and on to the next week so it wasn't our lessons being taught absolutely now you said you have over 2,000 customers do you find that there are more minority customers? Do you find that there are differences in the types of customers or the types of experiences that they've had? Absolutely. I think probably uh, 90, probably 93% of my clients are, are, are Black. And most of them, and I, out of that 93, I probably 80% are women. Okay. I don't have a lot of male clients for one reason or another. A lot of times if my male clients, it's normally the wife who signs them up a lot of times. Okay. I don't know if it's, I know women, they've just been doing this for the last six years. I know that women are a lot more proactive when it comes to finances and credit and, and getting their families kind of where they need to go. The man just kind of comes along and understands that my wife or my girlfriend or my significant other is what, this is what they're wanting because normally the dream or the, 
or the things that they want come from or what the woman may be bringing it up. Hey, let's talk about getting up, buying a home. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the man is the man is not the one who brings that up. So the woman's a little more advanced when it comes to those types of things. And, and I'm able to kind of work through them to get to the man, if that makes sense. Gotcha. That does make sense. So I, I guess it kind of begs the, the question, what's the importance of even having a good credit score? Why does it matter? Man, this is kind of the, the thing with me is it's like literally like good credit, like opens up doors like no man can really close. And there are so many things and a lot of people have great ideas. And I, I talk to people on like a daily basis. They have these great ideas, yet they don't have the funding mm. or the credit in order to get it off the ground. So there are people with these, I call them million dollar ideas, but they have no money or no and no credit in order to get it off the ground. So that's that's like one of the most important things I preach on. You know, you don't really necessarily have to have any money when your credit is strong. Mm. people will take a chance. People will take a chance on you. A bank will take a chance on you because credit is one of those things that people protect with their life. So I don't care how I got to come up with this monthly payment. I won't come up with this money because I want to protect my credit. I want to protect my rating. So that's one of the things I always preach. You can get those ideas and get those business opportunities off the ground because, you know, nobody has ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 just laying around. I mean, when you can go to the bank and get that money and be able to be able to fund your dream. That's right. one of the major things. Right. And I mean, I have to say, you helped me last week. I, I <laughs> <laughs> It was funny because I, I just bought a house and all of that stuff. So my credit was, is, I guess, fine. But now I'm like, okay, well, what can I do to make it even better? And so we talked and you were like, you need to get some more credit cards. And I think that's interesting because, again, a lot of times we aren't taught about credit, but what we are taught is, oh, don't get those credit cards because you're going to charge them up and you're going to ruin your credit and all of that stuff. So I always, you know, would just keep one and I would keep it for emergencies. (laughs) And I only recently, I recently learned how to start using them because I would get the card and I would keep it for emergencies, but I wouldn't use it. And then they close it. (laughs) And I'd be like, why did they close my card? And then, you know, exactly. I have to start the process again of opening it and all that stuff. But I recently learned just to put something on it. So, like, I was having issues with Sprint, which, and I found, I figured out what it was. They would change their their due date every month. So I had it set up for auto pay and all of that stuff. But if I have it set up for auto pay on the 17th, but one month is the 17th, one month is 14th, all that stuff, it changes, right? Right. And so, and then it would look like I was paying late and all this stuff. And so... I wound up stopping that or stopping doing it from my account and just linking it to my credit card so that one, I can get it going and have it going regularly and have it set up like it needed to be. And so then it looked like I was paying on time every month. I wasn't paying late fees on the credit card. Um, so I have an, an excellent credit uh, or what is it? What is it? The excellent on time pay history with that. On-time payments. Yeah, on-time yeah. Payments. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff. Plus, it's working well for my credit card because they're showing that I'm using it. So they're like, oh, she needs this. And my <laughs> my credit limit on that card continued to go up just from using it. The card that sure. you helped me get, I was shocked because they were like, hey, here's this card. You have no credit limit. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what is Absolutely. this? Absolutely. The best, the best. <laughs> and then the other one, they were like, you know, here's $20,000. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And so now I'm a little nervous because I'm like, there's all this all this money that I don't plan on using, but I'm glad. I'm grateful. Right. Grateful that I have it. Like Agreed. even 
Agreed. this week. I have a job. I, I have my business, but I also keep a job. And the job, like, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, just didn't pay me this this week. And so while I have time Whoa. to try to figure that out or whatever, at least I, if I need it, I at least have that emergency fund, right, that I was always Absolutely. worried about. So it's great to have and be in that situation. I need to figure out why they didn't pay me, though. <laughs> for real, like today. Yeah, like right. So first thing tomorrow, I will be <laughs> on the phone. Like, what's going on? But I say all of that. I, I go there to just say we don't, as general public, a lot of times we don't really know about credit cards and how to use credit cards and the importance of them and how to make them work for us. Tell us a little bit about that. How do you make a credit card work for you? And why would you want to have one in the first place? Awesome. So. So if you get on Facebook and you type in credit card, you will get 3 million responses asked. So this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to use 50% of your limit. I've seen people say use all of your limit. I've seen people say use 30% of your limit. The fact of the matter is, whatever your limit is, let's just say your limit is, you know, you, you said 20000 Let's use 20000 You can use your entire limit all month. You can run it all the way up to $19,999.99. The goal is to pay that account off. There's absolutely no benefit to rolling over a balance. So a lot of people think, oh, well, I have to roll over a balance. And paying it off every month, right? Every month, yes. Every month, rolling over $0. At the end of the month, you're paying it in full. Whatever you charge, you pay it in full. I've operated on this for the last decade. And and I'm not saying what I'm saying is the only way to do it, but this is, I have perfect credit. I have 848. And this is what I've done. So I pass this along to anybody that I talk to. A lot of people think that you have to roll over at least 30% of your balance. I'm like, for what? Uh, there's really no benefit to rolling over a balance. If your balance is zero at the end of the month, your balance is zero at the end of the month. It helps you. It helps you the same. It's no benefit to rolling over a balance, paying interest. Why pay interest? Because you're going to pay interest on that money. Right. It's no point. If you can have the ability to pay it off, pay it off in full and do this and, and rinse and repeat. I just do it a lot of times because it's a lot more secure. Secure The debit card system is out the window. I tell anybody, I haven't used a debit card in 10 years. I never use debit. I use credit for everything hmm. because for one, the, mo- the major reason is secure. So I know you've had everybody, I'm pretty sure, has had their bank account hat where their, where their yeah. money has been taken or whatever. You know how long that takes for the bank to, to resolve that? It's weeks. Yeah. I mean, you talk about what if I had to pay rent? You right. don't have the money to pay rent because they can't resolve it. A credit card, you can resolve that in literally five minutes. The the credit card company will give you your money back, open up an investigation, and you got your money right then. That's number. That's the most important part about it all. That's why I hate. I don't use debit card ever. But num- <laughs> but number two, it's rewards and points. You get nothing for using debit card. I don't care if you swipe your card, no debit card for two million dollars a month. You get nothing out of it. Whereas mm. credit, you get rewards. You get travel. I travel for free for months at a time. I've stayed in hotels 30, 40 nights simply because I've used my credit card and I've accumulated points and I use it for travel. I use it for whatever I want to use it for, rental cars or whatever I want. That's the other benefit. So credit cards are essential in that way as well. But Mm. again, paying it off at the end of the month is what I do and I've always done it. I never roll over a balance. So you do not have to roll over balancing for that credit card to actually help you. And that's contrary to what a lot of people think. 
Gotcha. You know, it's funny that you say that, too, because I think when people say that it's like the end of the month or whatever, but we have to be clear that there is a closing window. So I had a situation last summer where my dog was sick and I had to take him to the ER and it was a lot. It was a lot of money. And so I wound up having to use my card and I used it on July 30th. I, my, so July 30th, my account closed on August 4th and then I paid it off on August 10th. So the amount wasn't even on there a full month, right? But I got dinged for utilization because at the time that it closed, (laughs) it showed that full amount. And so you have to be really, you have to be really careful with that too. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so there's a there's a statement date. So let's like you, you use the thirtieth. So most credit card companies close out seventy two hours after the due date. Some people close out four days after, but most people close out three days after. So if your due date was the thirtieth, they report to the bureau on the second mm. or the third or what around that time. Second, let's say second or the third. Anything if you pay it after the fact, they've already reported. So it's very mm-hmm. clear. They be very careful when your due date is and if you're going to use your card make sure it's paid by the due date mm-hmm. that way when it closes it closes at the amount that you've already paid off it closes at zero or closes at whatever you paid it down to because if you use if you use that card and the statement closes and you come in a day later or two days later or an hour later and come in and pay that off you're stuck with that for a full month until they re-report yeah. it yeah. So it's very it's very important to understand when you're and know when your due date is because everything is based around that due date and your statement closing date. So say somebody is not able to pay their card off in full. We talked about the the full utilization. You talked about the twenty percent, thirty percent, whatever. If they're not able to do it, do you have any recommendations for for what they do? A good good frame of reference, a rule of thumb for them. Well, never. Well, the, the rule of thumb is never exceed thirty percent. If you can pay it down under thirty percent of the of of that amount, that's good. Just do not. If you're going to use it and you're unable to pay it down under thirty percent, that's a problem. At that point, there's really nothing you can do. Make your payment, whatever that is. Just don't. Just do not not pay it. Just don't yeah. just skip the payment and all together. But you want to pay it down at least under thirty. That's kind of the target to never let it exceed thirty. Of course, the lower the lower you can pay it down, the better. Zero is better, but at least under thirty percent is kind of a rule of thumb across the board. At least pay it down okay. under that amount if you can't pay it off. Gotcha. Now we've heard about organizations like Honda, like Wells Fargo, all of these places charging minorities higher interest rates for the same products that they're giving other people, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't know, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like I, I have a Honda. Um, so when I saw that, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's interesting. I probably paid too much, but didn't know. I didn't know any better. What are some, are there any resources that somebody can go in when they're going in to look at that and say, okay, oh, you're charging, you're overcharging me. Is there some like rule of thumb that you would know based on where your credit is what around what you should be getting charged? Not necessarily. Everybody has their own kind of risk risk uh, assessment. So every your your interest rate is tied to the amount of risk that you are. And for somebody that has good credit, good job stability, things like that, you should be getting the low, the lowest rate that's available. 
That's why I never, I, I, why not never, I always say before you go to get a car, you go to get anything, get pre-approved. Call your bank, call the people that you have a relationship with. I never recommend just strolling up in Honda. Oh, yeah, I want that Honda car right there. They can tell you anything because a lot of times people are so fascinated with approved. They don't ask what the rate is. They don't ask nothing. They just heard approved and that's it. The rate could be 28%. They don't, if the payment is what they figure they can help, they say, hey, you know what? I don't want my payment to, ex- to exceed 550. And that's how salesmen get you. They say, you know yeah. what you want your payments to be? Oh, 550? Oh, well, let me figure out a rate. I really could have got her a 3% rate, but let me give her this 8% because it falls right up under that 550. Well, I can make a few extra dollars on the back end, on the spread. There's so many things that go into the rate. That's why I always say, you know what? Go get pre-approved. Take your letter in there and say, hey, I'm already approved. I don't need financing. At that point, you're getting the best rate available. And I always say, get that from a credit union. Go to a credit gotcha. union. Credit unions give better rates than any traditional bank ever could. So I always say, get your Get your pre-approval, go up in there and say, hey, I don't need your financing today. I already know what I, I know what I want. This is what I want. I already got my financing. I already taken care of. You eliminate that other stuff, that game they play on the back end. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And you probably have more leverage too, right? On the actual cost way of the more. car and them coming down if you already have your financing set up. Absolutely. Way more. They can't hit you with all that other stuff. Car salesmen are tricky, man. They, they're really smart. They're really crafty. If you don't really know, but you, if you just listen to them, you'd be like, what are you trying to do to me? Like, because why do you care what I'm willing to pay? Like, I, I know what car I want. It's always well, how much you willing to pay. Like, how much can you pay? Uh, what you want your payments to be? I want my payments to be as low as possible. <laughs> to be, to be right. honest, to be, but you, they make you throw out a number. Right. And they work around that number. They work around that number. So by you going to get pre-approved, you already have your numbers. This is what your payment is going to be based on the, the offer letter that you have. It's just a lot better. It's a lot smoother process. You're in and out. It's not a bunch of haggling and a bunch of trying to sell you some stuff you absolutely do not need. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And do you find, I mean, there, you mentioned credit unions. I know that there have been some things even with different banks over the last few years that have gotten dinged for their interest rate for products. Do you find that same thing to be with credit unions as well? Or is that kind of why you think that people should use credit unions? I think credit unions are better simply because they don't do all the stuff that traditional banks do. And I always say a credit union is everything is built on relationship. So with a bank, for instance, if you don't fit into inside that box, score, assets, et cetera, et cetera, you're denied. They don't care how long you've been with them. They, you, can been with, you could have been with them 30 years. If you do not fit the criteria, you are declined. Where a mm-hmm. credit union, hey, she's been with us for X amount of years. Her account has never been overdrawn. She's been on the same job. Hey, we'll give her a chance kind of set up. It's a lot easier to get through a credit union because it's smaller, for one. They have a lot less client customers, and it's, a, it's relationship-based. It's not simply a box. If you don't fit in that box, it, then don't worry about it. You're the client. Where a credit union will give you an opportunity to prove yourself. Gotcha. Yeah, you, if you do them wrong now, if you don't pay them, that's one thing, but they will give you a chance. <laughs> okay. So you feel like there's less bias maybe with using a credit union because of the relationship? A lot less. A mm-hmm. lot less. You don't deal with all that. Bank of America, I don't deal with major banks in any kind of way when you're talking about doing business that way. Uh, I just think it's just too many moving pieces. They can. They have the ability to do what they want. Credit unions are a little more structured. They're a little more friendly rate-wise. 
And credit unions are, are always able to do things traditional banks can't or, or, or are not willing to do. Right. And they're owned by the members, right? So it makes yes. sense that they would do things that are in the best interest of the members. Absolutely. Gotcha. So we talked about wanting to make sure that you have the best score possible because it gives you different options. We talked about going to credit unions as opposed to banks. For somebody who may be starting out and they either may not have credit, because that's one thing, not having credit is as bad as having bad credit, right? What are some recommendations that you have for them, particularly people of color who might not have access to some resources? Or what are some resources that you know that you can share or, or utilize so that they can start building? Secure cards are your friend. There's so many people. Secure cards kind of get a bad rep for some reason. And let's go back real quick. What is a secured card for someone who doesn't know? They, they might not even know what that it's is. It's basically your your credit limit is the amount of money you put on it. So you use your own money to fund a credit card. It reports to your credit like a traditional credit card. It's just you're using your own money instead of the, instead of the bank or credit card company giving you a limit. Mm. So if you put most most secure cards, you can start as low as $200. So you give them $200, they give you a $200 limit. Okay. But it builds your credit all at the same time. It's like you're taking a, you're betting on yourself in a sense. You're using your own money. And that's kind of how I built. I built my credit using secure cards. And all of my clients build their credit using secure cards. Because nobody's going to give you a credit limit when you have no, you have no credit or you have bad credit. Like nobody wants to kind of be the one to take a chance. So you take a chance on yourself. And you use secure cards in order to build that. It's amazing to me that we get all these student loans <laughs> and they were oh, man. happy to take a chance on you with student loans. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's the worst. But, I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah. me and you, you know, we went to school together and I'm looking at it and I get these clients. I'm like, the people owe two, three hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, whoa. Like yeah. it's it's crazy. It's 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 awful. Yeah, I'm thankful I don't owe that level of money, but I am still like, I, I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like you'll never, <laughs> never pay it off because you're always just paying towards the interest. It just feels like it never goes down. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I don't know how Navy and these, these nail net and these people get away with that. Like, I've seen some examples of people that started out at like 50. Ten years later, they've been paying. They owe over 100. I'm like, how? Yeah. Yeah. Like how did y'all have my student loans double? Nelnet, I I have a similar thing with Nelnet and it's all the interest rate because it's like I look at what I actually borrowed and what I owe now and it's like I just it's not going down. Like and I I gradually it's I awful. got my MBA in 2009. So <laughs> it's like whoa, whoa. Yeah. So, 13 yeah. years later it's, du- it's and still, double. And still still going. <laughs> so. That's awful. Listen, they know they they knew what they were doing. It's all part of the plan. Exactly. But try to go get a, a bank loan for a business. <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. it. I <laughs> use that is- example all the time. I'm like, I'm 18, no job, no nothing. You'll give me 100 grand to mm-hmm. go to school, but I can't get five thousand dollars to start me a t-shirt line or whatever I want to do with it. It's the same. Right. It's less risk. Give me five thousand instead of one hundred thousand. It's it's absolutely crazy how America sets you up like that. 
And that, that is absolutely crazy because it's like now I know far more than I did when I was in undergrad, right? I, I know I can make the money back. I can give you your money back. But I have a really hard time getting money from you for the stuff that I can do. But y'all gave me all kinds of money for stuff I ain't know nothing about <laughs> with no exactly. <laughs> with no real plan to give it back. See, y'all just a promise. <laughs> absolutely. It's all a promise. Listen, you're looking, you're looking at what you're going to be in 10 years. Well, I mean, I don't even know what I'm going to be. So, like, it's a huge risk, but they do it every day of the week. I don't understand it. I, I, that's been one of the things I've always wondered. Like, how do y'all operate like this? How do y'all give an 18-year-old with no real anything six figures in debt? How? Absolutely. It's crazy. Absolutely. So would you say, I know you said that most of probably 93% of the people that you work with are minorities. Would you say that you find yourself as an advocate for diversity because you work with so many people that are diverse? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. That's kind of one of the major things that I kind of focus on. Simply because I'm, I'm not sure if it's demographics, but a lot of it is based on every, I would say 93% of my clients. I would say probably 90% of them, everything I say to them is, is a little, is foreign to them. Mm. And I don't know if the white people or things like that are, are taught different. I'm sure they are to a, to a certain degree. But like we talked about, just not knowing. And so I'm a big advocate for us because we don't know. We don't have a clue a lot of times. So everything that I'm saying is kind of brand new to them. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'm hit with a lot of pushback, too, because we are in a social media age where, you know, well, what, if they said it on Facebook, that's this truth. Like, it's the gospel. Said it, it's the gospel. And I'm like, that's not how that goes. And you're trying to <laughs> reprogram people and trying to get people to relearn some things. And sometimes that's the pushback with us. And I'm always mm-hmm. like, hey, when, I, when you come in, you sign up to be a client of awesome. Hey, forget what you were told. If I'm repeating, great. Lot, but a lot of times I'm not. A lot of times I'm like, whoa, I have to stop them. Well, this, well, I heard. I'm like, we're not going off what we heard. We're going to reprogram, and we, and that's like, that's like I say, it's a lot of things. That's a lot of problem with us is we take a lot of information in on social media, and we take that as to be the, like you say the gospel, and we run with it. And it's, it's never really true. A lot of it is all false, and a lot of people right. are using that to scam other people or make up stuff. And when I even in the groups that I'm in, I see people, one lady said, ask a broad question like, how do I build my credit? One lady got on there clear as day. That lady said, get an apartment. <laughs> I'm like, what? I got I said, that's that's not okay. gonna help us. And she and the, and and we get <laughs> defensive. It was a black lady. We, we we get defensive. I said, that's not how that works. I said, getting her an apartment does not report to her credit. That's not gonna happen. She said, well, it worked for me. I right. said, no, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. It's like that kind of stuff <laughs> and getting people to kind of, kind of like think about it like for a second. Like, it's okay to say, I don't know. It's like instead of people just saying, I don't know, they just make up stuff. And it was like clear as day. And like right. people was like, yes, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, that's an awful idea yeah. to get an apartment. So, yeah, you know, the funny thing is that it for the last few years, it feels like every time you turn around, somebody's popping up talking about they do credit repair now. Oh, yeah. Popular. Very popular. That's, a lot mm-hmm. of my clients do credit now. Just like taxes. Taxes. And, and cre- taxes and credit are the, two, are the two hustles that everybody kind of reverts to. 
if I want to start a business. And I'm like, wait a minute, like these, like I've had several of my clients. I'm not talking about two or three. I'm talking about 10 or 20 start credit repair companies after I've repaired their credit. And I'm like, you were still asking me questions that, <laughs> you know, you can't teach nobody else. You cannot coach nobody else. Right. You asking me questions that you should technically know, but they open up these credit repair companies right. and they get people to pay them. I'm like, you don't even know. Like you just completed my program. Like how can you start a consulting service? But that's the hustle and everybody kind of going with it. Everybody's kind of looking the part. Social media has really tricked a lot of people out their money and tricked the people, a lot of people out their spot. Like, like you say, with taxes as well. I'm like, I went to school with some of y'all. Like, no, <laughs> like, I'm not letting you do my taxes. <laughs> like, like, I no. know you. I right. know you know you. Right. No. <laughs> it's crazy. That's I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you got some people you went to school with. Like, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely some folks that I went to school with. And even it's interesting, too, because when I saw you start yours, there were, again, a number of people that started around the same time. But a lot of those other people aren't in business anymore. Right. And they're not posting results like you constantly post results and constantly post like you show <laughs> that you know what you're talking about instead of just saying, you know what you're talking about, which is a big difference as well. All right. So we've talked a bit about different techniques and things like that to get you started. Can, can you talk a little bit about utilization and what that means? Well, basically, a utilization is the amount of money that you use based on the data debt that you have, so or credit you have. So let's just say you have a, let's just say it's round numbers, you have a $1,000 credit card. The amount of money that you use based on the data debt that you have, so or credit you have. So let's just say you have a, let's just say it's round numbers, you have a $1,000 credit card. Your utilization, you use 300 of that, that means your utilization is 30%, roughly. So it's just ba it's just the amount of money that you use on your credit card divided by the amount of limit that you have. That's your utilization. So it's limit, gotcha. the lim well, basically the amount owed divided by the limit. That's your utilization. And so when the credit bureaus are looking at utilization, they're looking at utilization across all of the credit that's extended to you. Is correct. that correct? All of them. So it's, it's cumulative. Okay. And so that's why, for reference, everyone, when I was like, I'm trying to get to 800, I'm, I'm actually, now my goal <laughs> is to get to, to 848, like you, because, you know, I'm, I'm competitive. So now I got to get there. But he was like, you need more credit cards. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want more credit cards. He was like, no, you need them. So tell me a little bit about why you recommended that I get credit cards as opposed to other forms of credit. Because... There is nothing that moves your scores and increases your scores like credit cards. Credit cards are revolving. That means you can charge them up, pay them down, charge them up, pay them down. And you can have credit cards 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years. You can have them as long as you live. Um, installment debt is going to, it's a start time and an end time, like a car, a mortgage, a student loan. At some point, you will pay that off and that debt will go away. Whereas revolving credit, you can be 30, 40, 50 years old. You can still have it. That's the reason why it's so important. And it's also 30% of your score. So you have to have them. When you told me I got one credit card, I'm like, one? Like, literally, <laughs> you need five. Five to seven credit cards, really. I always recommend five to seven. I have seven. So I, the more credits you have, the better your scores. And I know that it's kind of, it seems kind of uh, it's stressful because I have this access to this much credit. Like, what do I do with myself? 
But that's when your discipline comes in and you understand that I just because I have it, I don't have to use it. So that's kind of the principle. Well, but that's the thing, though, because in order to keep them open and active, you do have to use them. Right. Eventually. So I guess what are your what's your recommendation for that? Because I think that's my biggest thing. Right. I'm not trying to use any of them up, but like, how do I plan to use them so that I don't, so that they don't all close, right? Because then that gives me the adverse effect right. that I, we're looking for. <laughs> but like, how do I, do I just do little things on them, on each of them? Or? Well, credit cards are not really going to close that like? like that. I mean, you can go months and months without using them. Like I have a Best Buy card I got in 2013 when I closed on my house, I needed a TV. So they sent me an email like, hey, you haven't used this. The last activity on this car was two and a half years ago. You have to use this car by X, uh, by this date or we're going to close it. I just simply go in there. I bought like a phone charger or something, a phone case or whatever I bought. And I got it, got home and waited a couple of days and paid it off. And they ain't bothering me again. You don't have to use them like, you don't have to really <laughs> use them like that. You can go months. But if you want to be safe, you can always put a little smile charge. Everybody has something that's coming out, whether that's Apple Music or something. Just put these small little small little things on it, pay it off, and just keep it active if, if you're worried about them closing it. But literally, you can go months. You can almost go a year. You don't have to really use them like that. But you want to add a little something to it. If you want to go into Chick-fil-A and use it for a meal or whatever, you can keep it active that way as well. You don't have to put a bunch of money on it. The, the, real, gotcha. the real kind of goal is you want to show bureaus you don't need. You don't need your credit cards. Because that's really, the credit cards were designed for emergencies most of the time. So right. if they see you using your credit too much, they automatically assume that you're in some type of financial distress because you're not technically supposed to be using your credit, rolling over these balances and doing all this stuff. That's why your credit scores go down with that. You saw us in your credit right. scores go down. That way they're kind of giving you like ding, ding to the lender, red flag, red flag. They may be going through something financial. Gotcha. So it's really good. And so the thing is to use it, but to pay it off Absolutely. every month and not have a credit rollover. And I think that that makes a lot of sense too, because the more you use it, the more points you get. And to your point, you were able to do different things with the points that you right. got. So now that I have a mortgage, would it make sense to pay my mortgage each month with it? And they're not going to let you. That off? Now listen, they're not going to let oh, you. Okay. See, the mortgage company won't let you use your credit card to pay. You have to pay by rather than account number. Okay. I pay everything with credit, though. If they, if I can pay with credit, I'm paying with credit. I don't care what it is. I pay everything with credit. I don't <laughs> care if I go in the store and get $2 worth of ice cream. It's getting going on a credit card because I accumulate points. I, I got a million points right now across my credit. I have a million. I can go anywhere in the world right now for free. That's a good thing. So where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> anywhere. That's, listen, that's anywhere. You, you pick. I got you. <laughs> Okay, cool. Y'all heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, let me ask you this. You started this business to help people, which is really dope. And you're seeing the fruits of your labor. What are some things that will make you feel like, you know what? My mission is complete. I think that I don't, I don't think I ever really get to that point. I do feel like sometimes because it's new people with it's new clients coming in all the time every day. The pandemic caused another, I think they said 68 million more people to, to need credit repair. So it's an ongoing mission. I think that 
I feel like I can get to a place where I feel like, okay, I've done my job when I can get on Facebook and I can get on some of these sites and people are really understanding how credit works. I think every single time I feel like I've done a job, I've done my job, I can put my cape away, I'll get on there and people be saying some stuff. I'm like, that's not how that goes. <laughs> and I just think that, you know, all right, I was on back in Superman mode again. Let me let me fix these. Let me let me help these people out. And I think I'm always in like recovery mode. Like, let me help re- restore these people's mindset. That's not how that works. And I think I feel like when I'm able to get on Facebook, get on social media, and people really understand the concept of credit and how it works and how to build it. Gotcha. When people think about the work that you do, what would you like them to remember about your legacy of the work that you do? What do you want your work's legacy to be? Hardworking, very transparent. And always being telling telling them the truth and being an advocate for getting them to the next level and not sugarcoating anything and holding them accountable. I want that to really be my legacy. And and I think a lot of people believe in that. There's a lot of people that swear by me. I have 2000 clients. They swear by me because I'm very honest with them and I make them be accountable. And, And accountability is one of those things where a lot of people don't have it. It's a lot of finger pointing. It's a lot of it's not my fault or this, that. No, I make people be accountable. And I think that that goes far beyond credit. It's a life skill to look at myself and say, hey, you know what? Yeah. That's on me. That's my fault. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Accountability yeah. is what I believe is it. You know, I think it's an interesting point that you raised because beyond something just being a person's fault, mm-hmm. right? I think there are instances of bias and things that we deal with that are unfortunate and that they're not our fault, right? But there still is some level of accountability that we can take into figuring out other ways to make sure that we take care of ourselves. And so that's one of the things that I really like about what you teach and how you're teaching people. And because, yeah, you can go into Honda and Honda can give you a bad score, right? But, or give you a bad credit interest rate, right? Based Mm -hmm. on your score, even if you have a great score. But for somebody to say, hey, I'm already pre-approved, right? That's something that you could have done that could have circumvented that. And so there is a level of accountability that you can take in knowing and learning and utilizing the knowledge that you've you've gotten. And so I love the fact that you say accountability because it's not it's not to say that there aren't things that are against you or, or against meant to not be equitable. There are those things out there. That's a very true and real fact. But there are things that we can do to overcome them sure. or to circumvent them, which I, I like. So I appreciate Absolutely. that point. So this is my favorite mm-hmm. question <laughs> of every interview. When people think of Brian Blackmore, what do you want your lasting legacy to be? Just a, a guy that just came from nothing, honestly, and that worked hard in order to obtain something. And some person and morals, values, just being a good Again, a giver. Uh, and I give, I give, and I give. It doesn't really matter. I pour it back into um, the younger people, and I pour it back into where I come from. So a lot of that is just being a good person. I think that that's something that if I pass away tomorrow, I, I, could, I could rest well knowing that, you know, hey, he was a good person. He was a good guy. He was a giver. He was a helper and a servant. And using my skill set in order to benefit others. I think that is one of the legacies that I want to leave behind. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. 
I also love the fact that you'll be able to say I was able to take my friend Sequoia anywhere in the world. I think that's a pretty dope I, legacy I, I, I as well. I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just put that in you. there. You know, I just got to remind the people. Yes, I, I, I listen, I, anywhere in the world, I'm telling you, we can go. Just let me know. <laughs> cool. All right. So let me ask you this. Where can people reach you and how can they best support you in the work that you do? All social media platforms is at BK Credit Consultants, Biz and Boy K is in Kite Credit Consultants. Also, my uh, my work phone is uh, 469-865-4506. I can be reached there anytime, any day. Uh, I normally respond within you know, a couple of minutes. Also, email is um, info at bkcreditconsultants.com. So you can reach me there anytime. I do my best to try to get back to people as soon as the, as soon as possible. So if I can, I'll send you a text. I'll you know I, I saw you. Just you know reach out to me anytime. Cool. Well, okay. So he's at eight forty eight. I'm racing for him at eight forty eight. If there is anybody else that wants to join <laughs> us in this challenge of getting to eight fifty, like join us. Email us. Send us, let's do a little challenge on uh, on social media, something like that to get the people going so we can get these amazing credit scores so that we can not only help ourselves, help our families, help our generations, but help other people as well. Absolutely. So. Go H. Challenge accepted. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really happy that we were able to have this conversation. And most importantly, thank you for the work that you do. It's really, really, really important. And not only for, like I said, people in their own personal lives and their lives of their family, but generations to come. It's really, really important work that you're doing. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, all right, folks, that's it for today. If you want to keep up with Diversity Be Like, be sure to check us out online. You can like us on all your social media channels at diversitybelike.com. You can also shoot us an email at diversitybelike at gmail.com and join the conversation on your favorite social network using hashtag diversitybelike. And when you join us for this credit challenge, use hashtag diversity be like as well. So thank y'all. And until next time. <laughs> <laughs>